Morning, why don't we pray and ask the Lord to touch our hearts today through the word that we be ministered to by what he has for us individually today and, and uh, prepare our hearts. Heavenly Father, we again thank you for your word, Lord. We thank you for its, its um, uh, uh, place in our lives. Lord God, we, high, we, we, we maintain it in high regard, Lord God. And that today, Father, we look to it. We ask, Father, that you would speak into our lives through it. Lord, that there be those adjustments and little tweaks that we all need, Lord, that would be felt today. And we would acknowledge those. Maybe uh, as we go from here, we're just sitting there uh, by the beach, Lord, with, a, with a, a line in the water, Lord, that you would again just uh, touch our hearts again, Lord, and just remind us. Lord, we're sitting quietly looking at a sunset at some time, Lord, that you would again remind us of your word and what you're saying to us. And Lord, that we would recognise it and that we would act on it. Father, we declare that there's hearers of the word here today, but we also declare that there's doers of the word here today. And that, Lord, that they would take your word and tuck it in their hearts for future reference and future activities, Father, in you, Lord, and this great adventure of living by faith. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. Amen. Well, we've been seeing and uh, looking that being spiritual is, first of all, a provision from God for all of mankind. We don't have to wait until we're a Christian to be spiritual. We're already spiritual. It's the way that God made us. He made us that way. We were created in his image, the Bible tells us. And God is a spirit. So he made us to be spiritual. Built for eternity is another way of looking at it. And uh, it's our true identity. You know, the original intention of God. And of course, people go, why? Well, it's so our Heavenly Father could commune with us. And of course, uh, so he could live forever with us as family, being a spirit. So, uh, you know, we've taken time over the last uh, a few weeks now, a number of weeks now, to see that it's us that have to become sensitive to our spiritual connection to God the Father. You know, and I know from my own spiritual uh, experience, my own salvation experience, and of course when I really came alive to the things of God, uh, when, you know, the Lord wants you to know that he is present uh, with you, it's not like a sign, a shooting star as you're gazing up into the heavens. You know, we have some beautiful, beautiful uh, evening vistas uh, as you look up into the, uh, uh, the stars here in the, the Kimberley. Um, you know, it, it's what, what we have to recognise uh, as a truth is that our Heavenly Father will confirm truth uh, with us on the inside of us, in our spirits. Um, I always said this about uh, becoming a, a Christian. I, I was actually on a quest before I became a Christian. I wanted to know the truth, and that was my quest. I was looking for the truth. And I said this, and I was saying it even before I, be, uh, I, I came to know Jesus, was as it, I said that I know this about the truth. I don't know what it looks like, but I know this. It'll ring true on the inside of me. And, uh, and of course, that was, my, that was my gauge. That was my compass, if you like. I knew that if there was a God, it was going to ring a bell on the inside of me. And, um, you know, hands up, uh, when you got saved, did you experience something spiritual or was it like joining a club? <laughs> Amen. Amen. I'm glad there's a few hands going up. And you, you know what I'm talking about. You know, it was a spiritual experience. It wasn't like joining a club and now you're a member and you've got a certificate to put on your wall. I was thinking about that because uh, I know somewhere I've got my baptism certificate and uh, it was only a little one not worthy of a frame but I, I believe that because of the life I've been able to live after that day 
it really should be in a frame somewhere on the wall and just to remind me of that day in April 1983. And, um, you know, the day I made a first-time decision uh, to believe in Jesus, the day I first believed in my heart. I could have gone the week earlier, but I wanted to think about it a bit. But I was so keen to get back into that church the following week, I had to ask the person who invited me if I could come again. So, um, so just be ready, people. God's tugging on hearts. And uh, don't wait for them to invite you. Or, or, or uh, you know, you, you've got to invite them, you know. They're out there and they're being touched in their hearts by God. And um, I couldn't wait to get back inside those uh, doors. You know, the day that I first um, believed in my heart and confessed the Lord Jesus as my saviour, I went back home, actually, after, after that day. And I'd spent some time with a friend and, and the friend that had invited me, you know, just talking and speaking about what, what had happened. And, and I, I already knew at that point that something had changed and something on the inside of me had adjusted. But um, I guess it was still dawning on me uh, that night as I lay in bed. Um, and I remember how I prayed that night as well. There was a prayer and I, I, I kind of said, Lord, a uh, uh, very, very crude and basic prayer. I said, Lord, I don't really feel I need to change. <laughs> that was so wrong. <laughs> I needed to change like you wouldn't believe. I needed to change big time. But I felt I was quite happy the way I was and it was about happiness, you see. And uh, a lot of people make that mistake. And... Uh, but I said this, I said, but Lord, if you'll prove yourself to me, I'll serve you the rest of my, my days. And I made that little consecrational commitment. I tell you, heaven heard, heaven heard, heaven hears prayers like that, I believe. You know, I paused for about half a minute waiting to see if there'd be a great bright light shining into my room or, you know, something would happen. Because I'd sort of put a bit of a challenge out there for the Lord, you know. And, and I gave him about 30 seconds, you know. <laughs> and then I just kind of went, well, and I rolled over, you know, I assumed the sleep position, usually that's on my side, so I sort of rolled over to go to sleep and tucked my head into my pillow, and there was this sudden rush, and I can only describe it as a, like an electric shock, and it was just totally, you know, uh, all-consuming. And there was no question it was just a, something I ate or something like that. It was, it was a touch from God. And it touched my, came in through my head, hit my toes and bounced back up again. This just amazing rush. And, um, and uh, you know, I believe that the Lord was wanting to answer my question. <laughs> and, and, you know, some years later I heard a preacher. Some of you, some of you here might know that preacher. His name is Winky Prattney. I remember hearing Winky Prattney talk about a very similar experience. And he, uh, this is years later, as I was reading one of his books, I think Youth of Flame, when I was younger. And, um, and of course, the book describes what he said, said was a liquid love. It was like something poured into my body and then just bounced straight back up out again. I had enough time to think if this doesn't stop, I'm going to die. Not, not, not because it was a bad feeling, because it was ecstasy. It was just an absolute ecstatic feeling. And, uh, and, and I, I, I'm so glad the Lord just didn't talk to me at that moment, but rather gave me that sensation because I felt his love. I felt his love. I felt him, you know, embrace me. And, um, and I knew then that I was a part of his family. And, uh, and, of course, woke up the next day feeling like a new person. And, uh, you know, it all started with a simple prayer. 
simple prayer where I prayed and I believed in my heart and I confessed with my mouth the Lord Jesus and made him Lord of my life. You know, and that moment started that event. And, uh, of course, from then on, I lived as a, a, a new born-again Christian. But ha- notice this, that this, the experience was spiritual. That's what I want to get on to today. Um, it was spiritual. It was tangible. You could feel it. Even though it was spiritual, it was actually had a, 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 um, an impact on my senses. And that's something that we need to come to terms with and understand. It was discernible in my spirit and my physical senses. And, uh, you know, I could feel it on the inside. And, and the peace that came upon me was past my understanding. And I want to talk a little bit about the peace that passes understanding today. Um, a few scriptures, though, just to describe that. And again, the uh, first one uh, I believe good for us to, to look at is uh, Romans 8, verse 16. It says there that the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Uh, the actual amplified version. The amplified version says the Spirit himself testifies and confirms together with our spirit. So there's something going on between God's spirit and our spirit, assuring us that we believers are children of God, you know, brought into the family of God, that we're now uh, among the beloved. And uh, it's good, good, really good to get a hold of that. I'd like to just go back a couple of verses to uh, Romans 8, 14 as well. It says, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. That's sons and daughters. If, lady, you're wondering where, ladies, are wondering where you are in that. as sons and daughters, I believe. It's a revelation that we need for us all to start to live like family members that God has made us to be. It's a revelation. Many are led by the Spirit of God. We can expect in this New Testament age, this church age that we're in, to be led by the Spirit of God. Now, now that's not necessarily reading your Bible every day and a scripture popping up out at you and really grabbing your attention. It might be that way. But whatever you do, don't try the Kaplunk method. Who knows the Kaplunk method for leadership? That's where you get your Bible and you say, I really need a word from the Lord today. And you let it drop open. And then you just let your, your, your eyes fall on a scripture and say, that's my word for the day. That's nearly as bad as being led by one of those apps that gives you a word, word for the day, you know. Uh, make sure you uh, press in for the spirit of God on the inside of you. Make sure you press in for that. And don't worry sometimes, the Lord, I think I, I can think of one time in my Christian life where the Kablunk method actually worked, and I was amazed. So um, God can do anything. We have to keep that in our minds, don't we? But, you know, this is a revelation that we all need to start to live our lives like family members that the Lord made us to be. We're his kids, you know, and he wants the best for us. He knows the end from the beginning and we should expect uh, and, and should uh, have faith for what and be confident expecting him to lead us and guide us into the future. Recognising he wants to lead us by his spirit in our spirit. It's a learning curve. What's the learning curve? It's the developing the sensitivity, the sensitivity of that spiritual sensitivity. And we must see that it's God's design for us to be spirit-led and not flesh-led. I'll say that again, to be spirit-led and not flesh-led. In other words, you know, uh, a lifestyle of denying a part of our current 
you know, and, and nature, you know, while we're still alive on the earth, not saying no to the appetites of the flesh and the emotions that so easily rob us. And uh, it was one of the catchphrases as we went through Bible college and we heard it all the time, people were always saying it, is that your emotions will rob you. Your emotions will rob you. Don't watch out for those emotions and don't allow them to lead you. You know, emotions can rob you. But it's a battle, isn't it? You know, you think about it. It's a battle. You know, there's a battle that goes on. That conflict between the outward man and the hidden man of the heart. You know, the old man and the new man, uh, where most Christians find themselves in that war. And of course, the outcome of, the, uh, of that conflict is determined by our minds, our soul. You know, the battle that rages up here so often. What we choose to think on, because that's our will in action. What we choose to think on. So you can choose not to think on things. Things that bring you anxiety and, and you know, you can choose that. You know, you can choose to resist temptation. You can choose to walk in the spirit and not walk in the flesh. That's something that is very much a mind thing. That's why we say the battle is in the mind, what you choose to do. And of course, you know, we looked at this and we looked at the makeup of our soul, the will, the intellect, and of course the emotions are all very much a part of that soulish place. And of course we use our will, we're to to take our soul and use our will to decide to do the things of God. It doesn't just drop out of heaven on you like a feeling. You know, there's some disciplines. The early Christians were called disciples. They had had disciplined themselves. And, um, you know, Paul says that the outcome of the conflict, the battle between the old natural us and the supernatural us, that battle is determined by what we set our minds on. And uh, I like Romans chapter 8 and verse 5. Spending a little bit of time in Romans today. Uh, verse 5, it says, Those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. The mind of the flesh is death, but the mind of the spirit is life and peace. Because the mind of the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those controlled by the flesh, get this part, cannot please God. You know, and it's all about what we give attention to. Now, I remember probably uh, one of the very first... uh, promises I really stood on uh, was for healing Uh, and it was healing for the addiction of nicotine so I was a cigarette smoker when I first got saved and and uh, I had an elder that got up in my face and said uh, uh, probably be about time because I think he was smelling me coming into church you know he says probably be about time that you give up that smoking and uh, and I said uh, well I've always been very good at giving up smoking. I do it all the time. <laughs> and he knew what I was saying. And, uh, and so he said, well, I just encourage you to pray about it. And I, I thought, hmm, that's a new, that's a, I'd try that. Yeah, that, that's a good idea. You know, I was so brand new as a Christian. Uh, I thought, oh, what a good idea, you know. So, so, um, so I did, I just prayed real simple prayer. And the prayer was acknowledging where I was. And the acknowledgement was, Lord, I can't do this. I'm not capable of giving up smoking. I've already proved that. 
I need your help, Lord. Can you help me? Something along those lines. There was an acknowledgement and then it was a request for his help. The next day, I woke up a non-smoker. It was really, really strange. But, you know, the, the actual addiction was just taken off me. I didn't have any, I didn't have any desire to smoke. There was no, you know, withdrawal symptom. There was nothing. Miracle. Now, where the, where the battle comes in is there you are sitting at a set of lights, you know, waiting for the, the you know, the lights to turn green. And you look over to, to the, you know, the person in the car beside you and they're smoking. And you go, oh, oh, you know, you, it's just the look of it, you know, and you go, oh, I like a smoke right now, you know. And, but beside that, the addiction was gone. But notice that I had to say no to that. So, I, you know, I, I, I had to say no to the flesh because the flesh will try and rise up again. You know, God can heal it, but it will try and flesh, you know, flesh will rise up. And of course, as we give attention to our spirit, our capacity to discern the spirit of God leading us um, within our spirit, there's an increase in that capacity. There's an increase in that sensitivity. And, and note, it's, it's pleasing to God to be controlled by the spirit. You know, um, a, dis- a topic of discussion as Rosemary and I were preparing. Uh, by the way, Rosemary's uh, skipped off down to Perth uh, to get with mum and dad and, and have some time down there and so she was preparing for her trip to Perth and she flew out yesterday. And, um, but she wanted to know if I could help her. And she's, you know, she said, oh, I really feel I need to do something with the colour of my hair at the moment. And uh, I had made a comment a couple of weeks ago. I said, have you got a new colour there in your hair, darling? And of course, it wasn't. It's was just that the blonde was wearing out and she had a bit of grey coming through. I said, oh, it's an interesting colour you've got there, darling. <laughs> Wrong thing to say, of course, but anyway... <laughs> So she, she must have gone out and got a little bottle from, the, from, from Woolies. And she says, darling, um, could you help me? I, I, you know, I can do my own hair to a certain extent, but you know, I'll need a little bit of help with the back. And I, and I said, darling, in all of our married life, I've never helped colour your hair. And, um, and, I, and I said to her, do you really want to do that to yourself? And, uh, <laughs> and she, she came to me later in the morning and she said, I, I just don't have peace about colouring my hair. And I thought, well, if you've got me involved, I can tell why. But, um, and, and the wives will be happy to know that I said to her, I said, do you want me to pay for you to have your hair done when you're down in, in Perth? And, of course, that made her very happy. And uh, so she said, she said, you know. But, but the thing was is that we, we both agreed and we have always agreed and worked this way. We go with peace. If we don't feel peace about something and we both get a sense of peace about something. Uh, we'll, we'll keep, you know, moving down that track or in that decision. But um, it's, I guess you could say it's that, that growing sensitive to your spirit because I believe that the spirit of God is interested in such little things as that, about whether or not you make a mess of things, you know, where that car park is. You know, when you're driving around, <laughs> I better be careful what I say here today, as you're driving around the shopping centre, you know, Chinatown, trying to get a car park at the moment, okay, because there's you know, uh, a lot of extra visitors in town, which is good, good for us. Amen? And, uh, but, you know, uh, and, and you get it in your heart where you should look, you know, and the Lord encourages maybe to go a little bit further up and find that advantageous uh, car park. But uh, as you're looking, you can't see it, but you know in your heart there is. 
But you know, you can receive bad news and if you go with your soul and your emotions, you'll be in turmoil. Distress and despondency um, will want to move in and make their home with you. And you can live with it if you want, but you've got to break that off and say, no, I'm going to go with peace. I want peace in my heart and, uh, and look for it. And you know, we can be sensitive to peace in our hearts. It can guide us as uh, we walk along. I've got a couple of scriptures here that talk about that peace that can guide us. Isaiah uh, 26 and verse 3. It says there, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Great scripture, isn't it? You will keep him in perfect peace. Note that word perfect peace. And of course, what we do with our mind is key to the level of peace that we attain to. Let's choose peace for ourselves. Let it lead us. The kingdom of God functions differently to the world. Understand that we are citizens of heaven. We are, you know, a family of God. And of course, uh, the kingdom is our home. And we should, you know, again, renew our minds to that sometimes uh, when we're in the middle of difficulty. Romans 14 and verse 17 to 18 says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking. It's talking about all the do's and don'ts if you look in the context. But notice what it says it is. It's but of righteousness. It's that free gift from God. A peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. You would have thought there was a few other things that could be spoken of, but it was those that, that Paul uh, focused in on. Righteousness, peace and joy. That's, that's the kingdom of God. Amen? And we should walk in those. Jesus said that the Holy Spirit will lead and guide you. And, you know, look what it says. It says in verse 18, For whoever serves Christ in this way is pleasing uh, to God and approved by men. Just walking in those ways. What an advantage in life, I always say, about being led by the Spirit of God. What an advantage in life. You know, it's, it's a key promise of Jesus to the New Testament. Not just in the big decisions of life, but also on the little ones. You know, where's the car park? Shall I let my husband, you know, colour my hair? No, don't do that, you know. <laughs> John, John chapter 14 and verse 23 says, Jesus replied, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words. The word that you hear is not my own, but is from the Father who sent me. Keeping his word speaks of keeping you know, our minds uh, on him. Keeping our minds on the Lord. Keeping our minds you know, connected and uh, so very important. The daily dose of God's word in our lives is, is uh, important that we look for that. We look for that word from the Lord. Not just from the app. I mentioned that earlier. Or from our, our reading guide. There's nothing wrong with those. But desiring his word for the day is that word that he's giving us. What's that word for the day from him? And, um, and that, that word that he sends you should be desired and should be loved as you put it into practice in your lives. John chapter 14 and verse 25, a little bit further along, it says, And all this I've spoken to you while I'm still with you, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and, you remind, and remind you of everything I have told you. See, the, the Holy Spirit is here on the earth. He became the tangible presence of God. And he works on the inside of us. 
guiding, leading, directing. You know, he can lead us also through peace. Sometimes you can just, as you're about to step into some areas or make a decision, uh, you know, shall I go to this mechanic or shall I go to that mechanic? It's, it's in those little decisions that we can expect to uh, uh, just receive a bit of direction from the Lord as far as peace goes. He'll, he'll give you a little bit of a, a red light. You know, don't, don't stop. You know, you can expect to get those kinds of guidance that's being led by peace. Look what it says in John 14 and verse 27 to 29. He says there, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. You heard me say, I'm going away and I'm coming back to you. If you love me, you would rejoice that I'm going to the Father because the Father is greater than I. And now I've told you before it happens so that when it does happen, you will believe. Notice, notice one of the things he left with us was his peace, my peace. Now, Jesus wasn't disturbed. You, know, you don't see Jesus uh, you know, in, his, in his life disturbed. You see him in a peace. You just see him sort of walking through situations and, and uh, determining his way through uh, difficulties, just walking in the peace of God. So important. You know, people in the world achieve, you know, achieve peace. It's, it usually is, usually the way they do it is if everything's going okay and they're happy, you know, and, that's, and that's, they'll settle for that. If they're winning in life, I guess. And, of course, that's not guaranteed even in the Christian life, is it? You know. Being a Christian is not a tiptoe through the tulips and uh, the storms of life come. You know, our, our guarantee, though, is, is that we, if, if we will stand, if we will hear and do God's word, not just hear, but do God's word, make an application of it in our lives, you know, the promise is, is that we can know the peace of God on the inside. We can live our lives out of the peace of God no matter what the externals are whatever the external situation is. And, you know, if, you, if, you're, if, you're a, uh, you know, if you're a journeyman here today, you've been around for a long time, you've been through some things in Christ as well, and you know what? You always come out the other side, don't you? You always come through it and come out the other side if you keep going. And that's the call of God for us all, to keep going. And keep going with the expectation that he'll lead us and guide us and direct us through it thing to realize is that peace is, is the peace that we can know in our spirit, is the peace that he gives. You know, it's his peace. I just want to talk about his peace just for a minute, a couple more scriptures this morning. It says in Philippians 4, verse 6 to 7, it says, be anxious for nothing. So with just the determination to, to do the word, is there anything you're allowed to be anxious about? Not a single thing. Some of you have to think about that. But the scripture says, be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And what happens? The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts. We've been talking about our spirits, haven't we? And your minds through Jesus Christ. It's a guard, you know. It's a guard when you're walking along and you want to go this way. It's a guard that brings you back in, you know. You go to go this way and, that, it, it, you know, that peace will bring you back in. Look to peace. It's very important. 
look to peace in your heart as the Holy Spirit gives it. See, when we choose to pray and make our requests to God, you know, an exchange occurs. An exchange occurs. You know, God the Father takes the problem, the care, and we receive his peace. Now, I, I would say that's a good guide for when you pray, when you know you've prayed properly, when you've really taken that care and given it to the Lord, knowing that he cares for you. Just preaching out of First Peter there. You know, that's, that's such a gauge, isn't it? Have I got peace now? If you've still got the anxiety, you haven't given it to him. So give it to him and just let him know. Just, you know I, I'm not suggesting you don't do, you know, like if, you've, if you're in town today and you've got a busted axle on your caravan, could be today, might be someone in that boat today and you don't know where to get it fixed locally. You know, let peace guide you to the, to the right repairer. Someone who's got an opening on Monday you know, in their schedule. Let peace guide you in that. Now let the Lord direct you and show you. Now, he wants us to lean on him. He wants, to, he wants us to see his faithfulness to us. He wants us to see that. And we should, we should press in for it. Philippians chapter 4, verses 8 to 9, it says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, Whatever things are noble, this is talking about what we think on. We can get ourselves by the mind and say, is this what I'm thinking on? Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Think on these things. Make that the fuel that you continue to think on. The things which you have learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and look what it says, the God of peace will be with you. The God of peace. You know, I, I can only say it enough uh, uh, today. If you're a, if, I'll put it this way, if you're a worrywart, who's ever known, heard, heard of that expression, worrywart? If you're a worrywart, you know, God's given us another way to get out of that, to, to take on this new way of living, you know, how to walk in victory. He's given it to us. And it is very much by what we do with our mind, our thought life, what, how we choose to think, how we allow ourselves to think. Because before you ever say it, it'll be a thought. And if we can catch it and bring it in line with God's word and speak only what God says... Say what he's saying. You watch how quickly situations and circumstances will turn around and come back, you know, into, you know, alignment with his purposes and his will for your life. Amen? Amen this morning. Before anyone leaves this morning, the most important thing is don't miss the opportunity. I spoke earlier on in this message about the opportunity that was given to me. And, you know, it was a friend who had brought me along to church and who the, the week after, I had to ask him, you know, whether I could go come with him again. You see, he didn't know. He, he, he didn't know that he needed to ask me back again. But, um, but I wanted to, and I wanted to come and meet the Lord Jesus and know him for the first time. And I'm, I'm still thrilled thinking about that, you know, how the Lord was drawing me into a relationship with him. And um, that was going to be through uh, a visit to a local church. And... Uh, so I encourage you here this morning that if you haven't ever prayed, prayed that prayer of salvation, 
that prayer um, that brings us into a relationship with God. Um, come on down after this, uh, after this song and um, as we close, uh, I'd love to pray that prayer with you. And also, I'm just going to ask if, if you'd sort of say, look, I really make a, need to make a fresh commitment today to, to just casting uh, all my cares upon the Lord, not being anxious, not being worried, not being that person that's always thinking that the worst is going to uh, happen. If you're that person you'd like to be prayed, we can, we can um, ask the Lord to come or pray with you and ask the Lord to come and, uh, and touch your life in a new and fresh way and uh, bring that lifestyle about. Amen. Amen. And also just remind you, if you're here today, new today, what, what we will do after this song, uh, there'll be a bit of a noise as we start packing the chairs away and putting the tables out. But that's so we can sit and have lunch together. And uh, if you are able to, and haven't got a commitment elsewhere, we'd really encourage you to stay with us and have some fellowship. Look forward to having a chat. But otherwise, God bless. If you're travelling, uh, we ask the Lord's blessings on your on your kilometres as you travel and as you leave and, and uh, spend the rest of your time here in Broome. God bless you all. We uh, uh, pray that you're safe and blessed as you go today. So God bless you all. Amen.